Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Product and Cake. Today in the virtual studio with me, there is Paul. Hi, Paul. Hi, Ganja. I was wondering, what kind of emoji do you feel like you're today? Like, what is your feeling in emoji language? Yeah, that's a great check-in question <laughs> and awesome to use with with a Miro board, right? Exactly. And there are a lot of emojis nowadays. So I would pick <laughs> yeah, maybe the one that is mm, a little bit sleepy. Okay. So, yeah. Not the one that is completely sleeping, but the one that is happy that the days goes into into an evening right now. All right, nice, nice. And which emoji are you today? Today I feel a lot like the raccoon because in the last couple of days I did not get much sleep so I have a huge uh, circle around my eyes and it's completely dark <laughs> and I feel really snackish I constantly want to eat so it's Ooh. like num 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 so yeah I think so a cute raccoon. <laughs> so what you would need to do, and I wish there would be a solution for it, is combining two emojis. Is that possible? There is. <laughs> Actually, there is. No um, way. Yes. Uh, of course, everything Google, uh, uh, everything we need, Google has a solution for that recently, because I think they're so big that there is for sure someone um, in the company who is like, hmm, I have an idea. Hmm, I'm going to do it. And they're so big that they will. So if you Google emoji kitchen, uh, they will be a list of emojis that you can combine together. And it's super fun. It's super cute. Yeah, it's so fantastic. I have now a robot turtle <laughs> and now I put them headphones oh, nice. on. It's... Uh, yeah, you be careful when you are Googling it because <laughs> you will spend quite some time with it. Yeah, it will take your time today. Yeah. And uh, talking about, I, I just made one with a raccoon and a cake. I think it's a great uh, start to our uh, podcast. And my feeling today right now is a raccoon and a cake combined. And talking about a new cake, we have a new cake on our logo. Or yeah. this artwork right if you listen to the to this episode you should see in your podcatcher uh, our super stylish new corporate identity <laughs> also called pi podcast identity so it Ooh. looks super yummy and super colorful and it really uh, derives attention and it's not so corporate yet. It is just podcast identity. I like that one better. <laughs> We're not a corporate yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Or not yet. But a good we point. We won't have merch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you don't see it, then you may need to update the feed, right? Go to Apple yep. Podcast or Spotify, and then you grab the latest one. Yes. Yes. And. The new look uh, does not have our faces anymore, but has a yummy purple cake, a cake that is covered with tech toppings and looks quite yummy. It looks like a dessert that I want to snack on right now. Mm -hmm. When we talk about merch, you maybe can also uh, sell this cake in that Ooh, color. That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a great idea. And I think, uh, Paul, you know the person behind the creator and the creative minds behind the team who supported this transition a little bit better than I do. Do you want to let me know? Right. We hired a complete team to um, accelerate our visual identity, our podcast identity. And we are super happy to announce that we will uh, welcome the very first guest in the next episode. We will not yet say their name. It will be a surprise for you. Uh, but we will tease you a little bit with the information that they will join next session. Right. And they are super, super creative. And I worked with them already multiple times. And we can ask them basically everything about incubation projects, about the good old speedboat next to the big corporate project. Um, they are fantastic creative minds. So I'm really looking forward to ask them about where do they get their creativity from and how they can combine design, product and technology. Because um, whatever I see from them is always inspiring me. And I really like it. Exactly. So it also something that is ticking the right way for me is they have this feel good philosophy behind it. So everything that I've seen from uh, them, it gave me a really good feeling. It, 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 um, it, it felt really nice, but at the same time, it felt with purpose. It felt with engaging for the right uh, things and right reasons. So I, I really want to learn more how they can merge these three aspects of design, creativity, tech, which is not necessarily um, very designy at times, uh, with uh, feeling good. So this intersection is very interesting. Yeah, I like that you're mentioning it because the end results, you can see and feel that. But also if you work with them together, mm -hmm. it is super nice uh, uh, way on yeah it always feels like working with friends right yeah and, exactly um, i really wonder and we can ask them how they do it and also they just recently launched their own new branch branch Ooh. brand sorry brand they launched a new brand um and i think doing something for your own is sometimes the most complicated thing especially in their roles so i'm curious to learn how they how they did it and how they agreed finally on a version so they went through a complete rebranding or is it a new branch that they branded no they uh walked through a complete rebranding Oh, nice. Yeah, that, that must have been a lot of changes, a lot of massive decision-making meetings and so on. So yeah, very interesting. Yeah, bringing so many creative heads in one pot is a challenge and we will learn how they do it. Yeah, and if you have any questions uh, that we can ask this mysterious guest of ours about uh, going through a rebrand, about uh, design thinking, about um, design-driven uh, decision-making uh, with a touch of tech, 
uh, please send it to us and we will ask them in the next episode. Yes. And also tune into the next episode to listen to the answers and questions. And recommend our podcast to one person who is dealing at the moment with creative people or is facing a huge rebranding. So they will learn a lot. Nice. And that's a little bit new information about our podcast. But what else is new, Paul? Yeah, not only our podcast identity is new, there is also a shiny new star on the developer tournament. And that is called following our name schema. And it is called BUN. <laughs> BUN.sh is a Node.js drop-in replacement that feels like crazy and maybe i need to explain what i meant with node.js drop-in replacement yeah i i heard something about it i watched the video i felt it is not important for me as a product person so i was yeah. like hmm i will ask paul because i think there might be something sometime coming up soon that might be more related to the decisions that the product team needs to also take so can you explain me a bit more yeah, no worries. It will not go too deep into the tech perspective. Um, but of course, it has a very close connection to product. But in, because in the end, you as product manager needs to give us time. And time is a good point here. But first, let's start um, with the basics. Node.js is, um, let's say, an application that runs most of the internet. So if you build a modern website, you most likely will have some Node.js backends. So this is where our data is stored. That is what is delivering websites, delivering nice images. For example, you could build this emoji kitchen with it that takes two emojis and then run some processes and deliver a combined image out of it. So all of that that is happening on the server side, there's a good chance that this is powered by Node.js. And BUN is a replacement for it. And the interesting part, they did some tech changes under the hood that are super impressive and leads to crazy numbers of um, performance. So for example, in Node.js, you can, let's say it in easy words, you can set up a chat server and this chat server can handle 180,000 messages per second. So 100,000, 180,000 messages per second. It's quite a okay. lot, but BUN on the same time can handle 1 million messages per second. Oh, wow. So they have a few more um, impressive benchmarks, benchmarks like that. And in addition, they, um, they pretend to increase the developer happiness in combining <laughs> multiple tools you need to use at the moment, use and maintain at the same time. BUN is combining all of that. So I am crazy excited about it and I really want to jump into it and build my next side project with it. And I'm also thinking about, okay, should I stop the engineering team right now and throw in an experimentation ticket into the next sprint to see what will change if we replace in our product node.js with bun because imagine you would save 10 seconds on every on every time an engineer is running a new version and they do it multiple times let's say they do it 10 times a day so they will 
save already 100 seconds per day and then you have maybe eight engineers and if you multiply that up you come to impressive time savings that's really impressive i i just have one maybe weird question and that is is it how true is it how how realistic it is because everything that comes uh comes out new they will uh show very interesting numbers and statistics that oh look how better we are performing in comparison to a, a lot of other things but then their uh, benchmarks are not real time real life or realistic scenarios yeah, but you can select oh. always benchmarks that puts your own technology in the right light. Um, exactly. So the question is very good. And it is also, I would say, already part of the answer because you should go with numbers, right? Mm -hmm. So comparing the current runtime or your current build time or the time it your product takes to run all the tests should be compared to what is expected with bun and ideally you can you can give it a try right to so to answer your question you should understand the technical reason behind this improvements on the one side on the other you should thri thrive for um making your own benchmarks so ideally you are monitoring already very precise how fast everything in your tech stack is happening and then you if you invest time you can get your own benchmarks okay makes sense um i also want to hear a shout out to uh, my team that tried to explain this a little bit uh, to me and i failed to understand but still shout out to them that they spent the time to explain it to me um and one thing they mentioned that they thought is an important factor at this time is it seems to be too good to be true so probably it is not <laughs> so it will need to fail it somewhere or what do you think paul do you think also it is too good to be true um i don't think it's too good to be true i'm more con concerned a little bit about this version 1.0 so they pretend it is stable and it is this drop-in replacement so you should not have any work and it is just working out of the box but we all knew know that new technology have some child sickness right some early they adopter already problems. released a new version no and another version after the uh 1.0 already the, yeah maybe maybe um there's a lot of things going on um in general the technology is developing so fast that yeah in my default mode is to to trust that everything becomes faster you don't think that something can still become faster than node takes eight milliseconds and bun is having 0 0.3 milliseconds <laughs> and this is possible right because our technology is evolving on all levels on the same time so why not yeah, fair. That is true. So are you going to make the decision to to invest this time and to move to it or not? So I have one, basically two questions. One is behind Bun, there is a company called Oven, funny name, and <laughs> they just recently raised $7.1 million of funding. And oh, wow. I wonder 
if that would put any business risk because if they invest that amount of money they also want to earn money somehow bun itself is under mit license so it's open source and you can use it for your commercial project um but yeah they there will be something coming up how they would make money so this is maybe a question for the long-term tech business strategy but the question i wanted to raise to you is how can i explain my product manager that i maybe need half of a sprint or resources to investigate if that um yeah that numbers are realistic and if we can improve our our developer happiness with it oh that's a very tough question um for for multiple reasons one because my developers at uh, right now they did not necessarily believe that it, it is a real thing so i don't think it's uh, they want to invest that time themselves yet so it is a little bit hard for me to answer because i don't know anyone around me that is like oh yes i want to try this and for me to uh, buy them that time um and the second reason is part of the reasoning that you gave me I agree with and I don't agree with at the same time. Not that I don't agree with the facts, but I don't agree that we need to optimize to that level. Like the two minutes that it takes for developers to get something built needs to be optimized to none. I don't necessarily think that that is something we need to optimize on. Like it is fine to take a break, go grab a coffee between your <laughs> work. So I think uh, making it so tight that uh, they need to like make 10 builds per day and each build takes 100 uh, seconds. Like Even if it is like one or two hours a day that is not used on work work, like the coding part of it is, is I think it's understandable it's okay yeah, yeah. you know what i mean i know what you mean but i absolutely don't agree with it because <laughs> it it creates a sense of um how would you say that a sense of missing emergency right and in the end you want to have a product that is responding super fast and if the engineers takes time and everything is slow then the product in the end will also be slow right maybe not not super slow but it will never feel like a desktop app or like miro or um yeah like the state-of-the-art um applications okay. we enjoy to use it will always be okay it has loading times it is yeah it is working but it's not stunning it's not extraordinary okay. good so i think with that you already answered your question uh, because what made made it sparkle in my eye or in my heart here was that all of these stunning apps like as an example scrolling through uh the iphone new the new iphone 15's website and the difference between that and another uh phone's website that is what makes the sale at at the end of the day um because 
is it, to be honest, the features and everything is not also that extraordinary, the way that it is packaged and the loading time, the smoothness of the website and everything is part of the package and the product experience. So basically you're selling the product manager in your team or the other stakeholders, the smoothness, the, um, the gliding effect of the website or the product, not uh, that it will save our developers five minutes in their day to uh, to get the next build. Because like, yeah, if it takes them 10 minutes, like, yes, go relax. Don't be worried about the build time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you need, you know what I mean? The, the selling point for me is not how much time it saves from the developers. Uh, they're not machines. I do not want uh, a teammate who is a machine and is so on the clock and is so stressed about the build time that wants to optimize that to the millisecond. But for me, what is important is, uh, yeah, it is enjoyable for them to work with something that is faster, that is smoother, that if they if it makes their life easier, yes, let's spend the uh, time on that. If it makes them happier, yes, let's spend time on that. If it makes the experience of our user more easy, more um, seamless, more continued, uh, without a lot of breaks in loading, so it loads like a gel, it loads like a butter, those are the things that impresses me as a product manager more than the optimization on the milliseconds. Yeah, I see. That was my tech perspective and I, I am learning that I need <laughs> to focus more on the user perspective. Just one sentence in regards of having breaks, right? I, as yeah. an engineer, want to decide on my own when I'm taking the break and not when I hit save and then it starts to build. I, I'm, I'm inside the flow, right? And I want to have the result immediately working two hours and then I take half an hour break and uh, go outside, whatever, but not if... A techs, techno, technical system is dictating me to to do that right now. Yeah, yeah, of course, and and I also know that um, in the more real life examples and realistic scenarios, it will not be like eight milliseconds of time being saved, but it will be like because the build uh, builds will be much bigger. So it in, instead of ten minutes, it will be two minutes. So that is that is an eight minutes of impressive difference. But I also don't think that it sends the right message to the stakeholders that, yeah, we want to make this time shorter, yeah. but we want to make the team's life easier. Team's life easier and the product in the end better. And yeah. the, the next big problem, if you don't constantly invest into educating your team and your engineers on a broader level, then they you have a short span of time where you have the nice uh, time improvements but if the quality of the engineers is not raising then they will just continue produce maybe not super optimized code because the build system is fast enough for it and then in the end exactly it's the same problem so we exactly and also there will be time that the the first company that uh, has this product will decide that it is not uh, sustainable or profitable for them anymore to invest in improving that certain tool. So the tool, what was the first tool, Node.js that you said that mm -hmm. it is going to replace Node.js? So for example, if they are not, the team is not going to, the team 
who created Node.js is not going to improve on it anymore after a certain time, after a couple of years that they do not invest time to improve it, you need to switch to something else. Then it is not your choice or the company's choice, the team's choice to make this decision to move to Bon or to whatever else, but they are forced to do it in a shorter time period without also having the fallback. Right. So to wrap it up a little bit, I would um, summarize three major points you should take with you. First of all is don't trust the um, benchmarks, build your own KPIs, right? <laughs> you should you should know which numbers are the important ones and check mm-hmm. if the new or whatever technology is able to to move the needle on that. Then take in the user perspective. If you want to talk with your product managers, it's very helpful to put yep. them into the focus. <laughs> and what I also really liked is that you mentioned um, that you talked with your team, right? Take things, bring it to the office, uh, have multiple different uh, people share their perspective, and then do your own decision if you want to invest the time or not. Sounds great. And again, shout out to Starcar's team for their support in this episode's creation. <laughs> <laughs> because I had a I had a chat with them and asked them for more help. So thank you. <laughs> nice. They should listen to the podcast and give us some feedback and yeah, yeah, yeah. thank exactly. me later when they tried it. <laughs> it's definitely the future. <laughs> Awesome. All gotcha. right. Thank you a lot for this episode. Um, Thank you. Keep your eyes on your notifications for new episodes because the next one will be with a guest. With a guest. And um, yeah, interesting. <laughs> Contains a lot of information. <laughs> yep. Looking forward to it. Have a nice one. Bye. You too. Bye.